This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 175. Hey friends, welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today on the podcast, I have my friend, Carlene Bellier again, and she's been on the podcast a few times with me before, and she is an amazing positive force. She is the Vice President of Wellness at Michigan Veterinary Partners, no, Mission Michigan. Veterinary Partners, sorry. my I'm tongue-tied today for some reason. And so I'm really happy to have her here today, and we are going to talk about some really fun things aren't we, Carlene? We are, for sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm, oh, I'm so happy. It's been too long since you've been on the podcast. Hey, happy to be here. So happy to have you. So we're going to talk about ripple effect, how to have a positive ripple effect. We are, because yeah. as we all know so well at this point, after going through two years of a pandemic, Everyone has struggled and a lot of negative emotions have come up. And one of the ways that we can impact that negativity at work is to try to do our best to have a positive ripple effect in our practices. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Let's do it. Tell me what is a ripple effect? Let's start there. You know, if you if you look it up online, they say a spreading, pervasive, and usually unintentional effect or influence. And of course, when I think of a ripple effect, I think of like throwing a stone in the water and you watch the ripples kind of come out and the ripples are larger. And so I encourage people to think about what kind of a ripple effect they want to create at work, because it's very easy to create something positive or negative. And now more than ever, we really need to create a positive ripple effect. So kind of um, like when I walk into my practice in the morning, if I'm in a great mood and I show up really happy and excited about the day, then my team's going to be more excited. But if I'm cranky and like I had a cold last week, so I'm kind of still stuffy. If I'm kind of down and not feeling my best and I'm not very chatty, that all of a sudden the practice, kind of the feeling is going to go more negative. Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? And part of that is emotional contagion too, where we catch the emotions of those that are around us. You know, you might have a mean client come in and they're yelling. And then next thing you know, you're angry and and everybody else is a little bit angry too. Sometimes they call it skunking instead of emotional contagion, which I think is actually a better word for it. Um, But we want to, you know, when we create that ripple effect, we're not only impacting just the immediate people around us, but if if I say something positive and start creating a positive ripple effect at work, the people that I'm talking to that I'm making feel good also say things to other people that makes them feel good. And so it really ripples out well beyond just that initial interaction. Yeah, I love that. I love that visual. Yeah. Is it just, it it feels good. Does feel good. It does feel good. There's so many people out there that are so good at it. You know, you think about people like Betty White or Maya Angelou or Keanu Reeves or Ellen DeGeneres, you know, and you, Julie Capel, you always create. (laughs) I don't know. My my team might beg to differ. I'm sure I have days (laughs) where I'm not a very positive rippler. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Everything I've ever seen, and I've known you a long time, has been really positive. Well, I would say the same about you. So I guess we're the best people to teach this, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I was reading a study that I found fascinating. And one of this particular study said that throughout our lifetime, we actually touch 80,000 people over our whole life, which I found astounding and hard to believe. Um, But when you think about, like I was saying with the ripple effect, you know, if I'm affecting five people in a room and then they are talking to others and affecting them, and then those people are talking to others, you can see how over a lifetime you could touch 80,000 lives. And so I think we tend to underestimate, you know, our own actions and our words, and we think they don't matter that much because we really have a choice when we take action or in, in what we say. And so if you think about how do you want to affect 80,000 lives, it kind of hits home, doesn't it? Right. And yeah. <laughs> and, and I might argue if that's a normal person, veterinarians, we see clients constantly all day long and then they have families. And so it might even be higher for some of us that work in like service industries. I think you're right. Yeah. It's really Definitely. cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So we really just want to be intentional when we create a ripple effect. 
because our actions are going to affect others and our attitude is really important. So um, we need to think about too, like if we're super busy at work, you know, and somebody comes up to us and asks us a question, how are we going to respond? You know, are we going to act all exasperated that they bothered us in the middle of a big something that we were doing? Or are we going to kindly say, hey, if this is not urgent, you know, I'm going to get back with you as soon as I'm finished. Or might we just drop what we're doing and help them, you know, for a people pleaser. Um, All of those things create one or another ripple effect. And so you impact that, that individual that's coming up to you whenever they ask something pretty much. Do you find that at work too? Yeah, I, I would, you know, I, because I'm high D and high I, I have a tendency to kind of do that when I get under stress, I get really short mm-hmm. and that can be intimidating to people. Cause then I'm kind of bossy and yeah. a little bit like less chatty a little bit. I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I'm ever mean, <laughs> but it could, come, it could come across as that. Right. If I'm, if I'm really stressed. And so I like to encourage people when I'm talking about this subject with my coaching clients is to say, you know, you can, you can be short and to the point and protect yourself, but also be kind. So if you're Mm -hmm. feeling stressed and overwhelmed, instead of just saying, I can't deal with that right now, or can you come back to me later? Which is perfectly fine. But also if you're feeling very overwhelmed and stressed, let the people know how you're feeling. Because if I say to my team, you know what, I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. And then say, could you, you know, write me a note so I don't forget, or could you come back in five minutes or could you give me a second to, you know, think or just whatever it is, but let them know where my feelings are. So they understand where that's coming from, you know, because there are times when you're not going to show up as your best self and then your ripple's going to be negative, right? Mm-hmm. But if you know that and you know that about yourself and I know my stress goes right to direct. So Mm -hmm. if I can, if I can feel that stress feeling and go, okay, I know I'm going to create a negative ripple unless I let people know what's up and then I can share like, okay, guys, I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. Can you give me a second? Let me kind of get my head on straight and then I'll be kinder or whatever. (laughs) That's what what I thought when you said that. That makes such a difference because nobody's perfect and we're all going to have those moments and just acknowledging them and showing a little bit of vulnerability. You know, people are going to cut you slack right away. They they've been there. So I think that that makes all kinds of sense. Yeah. So don't be afraid to communicate that, you know, when you're trying to create a positive ripple, if you're not feeling so positive, that will, that will help. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And if you're not used to really thinking about ripple effect and especially trying to create a positive one, you can really start with making just some small changes. Um, Little things like smiling at a cashier or being sure to look people in the eye and saying hello and calling people by name that you don't know. Um, You know, the brain loves to hear your own name. And so like if I'm in a store or a restaurant or whatever, I always comment to the the wait staff, you know, and use their name and say something kind. It just, it, it makes them feel better. And some of their, their clients and their customers are not, are not very kind. So we want to, we want to make up that difference. Um, Holding the door for someone or complimenting a stranger. I'm sure most of you do that all the time. It's so easy to give compliments when people bring their pets in because you can always compliment their pet and they love that. Um, Just really, you can put positive things out at work. Posting positive affirmations kind of helps people get a little bit more into that positive ripple effect. Doing little random acts of kindness. um, Anything like that is going to put that positivity into the practice. And even just acknowledging people and thanking them. You know, the, the biggest reason people leaves jobs is because they don't feel valued. Mm -hmm. And so you can really create that positive ripple effect by helping your team feel valued and expressing genuine thanks specifically. Um, Because those, those specific thank yous linger longer than a, Hey, thanks for coming to work today. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think if you can, if you're the type of person that that comes naturally to, you're really lucky. Um, but if you're not, you have to make a job of it. So you might have to remind yourself, you know, I'm going to affirm one person today or two people today, or I'm going to write a note today or, or just a way to help you remember that that's important in your practice. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
I have, I, I did a uh, presentation on gratitude and kindness fairly recently, and I have nine kind phrases that I encourage people to use. And so I'm just oh, going to share, share those. Yeah. So <laughs> number one, I'm going to write is, them all down. <laughs> so number one is I value you. Now we don't hear that very often. If someone said that, that to me, I'd be blown away. I know. I'd be like, oh, my heart, this is, this is beautiful. Right. Um, I admire you. I mean, we don't hear that very often either. And that's very important. You can do it. You know, encouraging people is so key and we want to encourage our team members. I believe in you is another one. Now, sometimes we don't believe in ourselves. So to say, I believe in you to someone really makes them feel like you have their back. Uh, another one is you are kind, you're sweet, you are, you are so nice. Hmm. People like to hear that. It sounds corny, but it really means something. You are smart is another one. You are brilliant. You're amazing. Another one, uh, you can count on me. That feels good because, yeah. you know, as we're flailing around in life to know that you have someone you can count on makes a big difference. So just some phrases that I think help me as I talk to people. And so you can use those and also engage in kind of friendly conversation at work. You know, greeting everybody in the morning creates that positive ripple effect. Um, noticing when someone's having a bad day and trying to help them out, just paying attention. And even, you know, when you get those positive clients or, or positive comments from clients, just a lot of people put them up on boards and things. And that makes you feel like you're making a difference in people's lives as well. And so just a few little ideas, small ways you can yeah, start to share them with them. the team. Cause sometimes they'll say things, nice things to the doctor that they won't say to the rest of the team. I've had clients say that, oh, your receptionist, Jojo is so nice, or, oh, we love Adrian or whatever. And, but they don't say it to them. Like, why do you think that is? Why are we afraid to compliment each other? Like, we'll say it behind their back. Like I've said to a million people, I love Carlene Bellier. She's amazing. But I don't often, when you come on the podcast with me, say that to your face. <laughs> like, why is that? That's a really good point. I just thought of it. I was just like, we yeah. should do that more. Does it feel weird? I, I think sometimes when I introduce these positive things to my team over the years, like I've done this for years they think it's a little weird, like, like kind of like woo woo or airy fairy or whatever you want to call it. And, um, is that why we don't like, I'm wondering, I, are we embarrassed or what? I think it depends partially on behavioral styles. Like you mentioned earlier. Um, I think it also depends on where we fall on like the warmth versus competence scale, yes. which I won't get into a whole lot of that, but some people are just extremely high on the warm scale and they might also be very competent, but they don't necessarily show that. And so I happen to be a person that I'm high on that warm scale that sometimes people don't think I'm as competent because of that, because I always say things like this and people who aren't comfortable with that, they feel awkward. And so I think, you know, they're not going to say things like that because it just isn't in their nature. Right. Um, even though they might think things or, or say, say them behind the person's back. It's just, they feel like, oh, I, it's just a little too, little too snuggly. I don't know. I can't yeah, think of the right like, I, I don't, I don't know. I can't think of the right word either, but it's, it's almost like we're embarrassed to compliment each other. And but show I, that much emotion. Yeah, but I, I would argue that if you can take one of these sentences and change it to fit your personality, because yes. you wouldn't have to say, I believe in you or I admire you. You could just say, I love working with you or yeah. I like working with you or you're fun to work with. I mean, it doesn't have to be as like snuggly sounding, maybe. Yes, make it comfortable for you. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that, that way, if you can get used to saying it a little bit, then the next one's going to come easier. You know, I find the more that I try to embrace that part of me, the easier it gets. I agree. Yes. And, and I if think people think you're crazy, then let them think it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I liked it. <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, one of our veterinarians where I work, uh, when she talks about ripple effect, she talks about getting the whole team involved and creating this positive ripple effect, which is 
which just makes all kinds of sense. So she is a veterinarian that does Monday huddles in the morning. And they talk about, you know, what each team member did over the weekend and, you know, what was enjoyable and they share and they, they bond over those things. And they even share, you know, what they've been watching, you know, on TV, because everybody during a pandemic kind of ran out of things to watch and it gets to, you know, they get to know each other better. Um, They have a whiteboard where they put up inspirational notes and quotes and they take turns. So it's not just like one person leading that charge to be positive at work or create that ripple effect. It's everybody, you know, and they, they pick a different person every day to kind of add to that. They also um, will sometimes pick a person every Monday to pick a song that like lifts their spirits and they'll play that at the huddle, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, They also, when they do team meetings and team events, they will rotate who's in charge of them. So they'll have like two team members plan each thing separately. So everybody gets a chance to really be involved and come up with different ideas and um, that ripple ripples farther then. So I kind of like the way our, our veterinarian does a lot of that. And I bet you have done a lot of that at your practice as well. Yeah. I mean, I try every time we have a meeting to throw something in there positive. I talked to somebody on the podcast um, the other day and um, the way he does his meetings is he makes everyone at the beginning of the meeting say something positive or something good that's happened in the business that week. Now, he's not a veterinarian, but just basically to set the tone for the meeting. So like the same thing with your huddle. Let's talk about what we had, what we did for the weekend, how we had fun or whatever. It's kind of that same idea. So just, you know, getting, getting a positive start will Mm kind of help bring up the mood for that meeting. And then you can do the same thing at the end. Like I always do that at the end too, because I like it to feel good when we leave the meeting. (laughs) Yeah. So I like the end, you know, words of affirmation or whatever, but, um, but yeah, I I do think that the more you can inject that into your practice and into your life, the more fun it'll be. Right. I agree. Yes. And it, it seems like so often in meetings, we focus on all of the things that aren't going well, as opposed to, you know, what's going well that we need to do more of, you know, and, and learning about each other too. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think we forget that piece. We think if it's mm-hmm. going smoothly and no one's complaining that we just kind of like leave it there. Yes. But, but the, <laughs> the real truth is, is if you can grab onto those good things and do more of them, it's going to get better. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I have another better during the talks, when she talks about like creating a positive ripple effect, she talked about like, if you think about um, a calm lake, you know, that's all well and good and you get these nice little ripples. But she said that that's, it's a lot harder to create that positive ripple effect when you're on a rushing river, river that's kind of out of control, right? right? So she says, the way you need to make it through turbulence is to communicate and stay accountable for your actions. And she says, if you steer your boat down the right channels, others will follow. If you're having a bad day, you should tell your team, just like you had said, Julie. I think that's um, important. Yeah, and let them know that showing up and being a part of the team is important to you, even though you may not be your best self every single day. Mm -hmm. And she also says when her team members are having a bad day, she encourages them to reach out so that they can find ways to help stay connected as a team so that no one, you know, falls out of the boat to use her analogy. And she says that when her team stays connected like this, no one falls out of the boat. And if every day is a bad day for someone, they also promote that, that this person gets coaching or outside help from a counselor. I would thought you were going to say they throw them out of the boat. (laughs) You know, there are times when you get somebody in your boat and you're like, "Mm, I think you need to be in a different boat, buddy. So yeah, that was the first thing that I thought when you said that I'm like, Oh, if they don't get they're negative, they go out of the boat. Okay. That's cool. I like that. That's a really easy way to think about it. Yeah. You know, keeping everyone in the boat, keeping it afloat. Yeah, I liked her analogy of a rushing river because, you know, that's what it's like in vet practice sometimes. So you can't always have that little picture of the ripple just nicely going out from your rock. Right. So, I mean, I always encourage people to think about how they're going to show up every day. You know, how can you make things brighter? And and by that, I don't mean, you know, some people are, they, they're almost, they can be positive, but 
like toxic positive, you know, they're ridiculous about it. Like we can't fake or something. Yeah. We can't be positive all the time or happy. Um, We shouldn't be right. We don't want to be. There's lots of sad things that happen at veterinary hospitals and you don't want to be happy during those times. Nope. You can't. You just want to be solid and stable and, and be able to handle all the emotions. Exactly. Yeah. So just showing that you care about others, connecting with them, spreading hope, encouraging people, trying to make a difference in, in lives and remembering that everything we do or say matters so that we can really pay attention to creating that positive ripple effect. And, you know, along those same lines, working to do some team building is also great too. And it creates a positive ripple effect. Yeah. So are there things like Julie, that you've really found helpful with team building as you've had your career throughout a few decades? Well, <laughs> I mean, I could talk about this all day because i that's one of my favorite things to do is try to get a team going in the right direction. But um, I, one of my favorite things is the personality profiling. And we've mm-hmm. kind of talked about that before, um, just to kind of learn about yourself and learn about your team. Because mm-hmm. I think the more you understand the people that you work with, the easier it is to create that cohesive team because everybody has different talents and some people are more positive than others. And some people have different gifts. And if you learn about those gifts and you kind of try to pull everybody to their strengths, then that creates a more solid team. So I I like that. Um, And there's a ton of things like I like stuff, games and things, but I think Mm -hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just transition into that. And yeah, yeah. I like, did we say enough about the ripple effect? I think, I think the team building is kind of part of that, right? It is definitely. Um, Because some of our teams now, you know, if if you, as I mentioned earlier, going through a pandemic and going through a time when our clients weren't very nice, um, we need more than ever to really connect as a team and support each other. So yeah, team building is important. So kind of like building um, that building that chain to kind of keep everyone together so the clients can't break us apart or something like that. Yeah. Of I like that visual. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, the goals of team building, typically, you know, we want to build closer, more trusting relationships. We want to increase our team spirit. We want to foster innovation and creativity and really enhance that communication and cooperation, kind of like you mentioned, learning disc together or behavioral differences, enabling better problem problem solving together and just being supportive of one another and caring about one another. And so there's so many different ideas, you know, that you can do in terms of team building that don't involve things like trust falls and drum circles, right? You know, we want to have things. <laughs> no, which those can all be fun too. <laughs> they can. If we just like where you walk across the tight ropes and stuff like that. That's fun. I'm but yeah, there's, there's so. so many ideas. Like I've, I challenged myself over the years to come up with all kinds of crazy ideas. So let's kind of talk about that. I, I think the key is understanding that if you understand your team, you will do a better job. But even if you don't and you implement some of these team building ideas, you're going to have people that love them all. You're going to have people that love some of them. You're going to have some people that hate them that you're going to have to kind of win over. Because I've had that experience when I first started this years ago, my team was so, they had never been, um, exposed to that idea that we could have fun at a meeting and, or do an exercise that was kind of a team building exercise. And some of them were very resistant. Like they just wouldn't want to sit in their chair and not say a word and not participate. So kind of be aware of that. If you have that kind of team that it might take time and you just need to be patient because then they'll eventually come around. That's a, that's an important point. And I think that's why this friend of mine that I mentioned earlier, she will alternate who who plans the team activity or That's a team great building. idea. Yeah. So that, you know, everybody has a certain level of comfort with different things, like you said. Sure. And that they won't be, oh no, here comes another crazy idea from Capel, you know, <laughs> oh, they'll all dread it. But if, if they're, if their friends are doing it, making up the game or whatever, they're going to be more likely to participate. Yep. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I love it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I mentioned 
like morning huddles at one point, um, yep. doing a five or 10 minute check-in in the morning, just to see where everybody's at mentally and, you know, bring up any clients that might be a little bit of a challenge so that people can handle them better. Sometimes that can be, you know, an easy way to build the team a little bit. Or I've talked to some of our practices that they'll, they'll do like a riddle of the day. They'll write a riddle up on the treatment board to just encourage fun. And you can just get, you can Google animal riddles and, you know, put something up like that. Um, having post-it notes that are a gratitude, you know, having a board up like a gratitude board where you put post-it notes up, things you're grateful for or people you're grateful for. Um, thank you notes, sharing jokes, um, playing music. I mean, doing, we have an app at work called Lulafit and our practices will sometimes put up like a five minute dance fit kind of thing. And they put it up on the screen and everybody takes five minutes and they're learning a little five minute dance. And I want to you know, do that. <laughs> it's just kind of fun. Um, and you can probably find them easy on YouTube or wherever you want to look. Yeah. Um, or doing a meditation together to calm down if it's been a rough day. Um, also, it helps with team building. If you've had a hard day to do, you know, an end of the day debriefing where you discuss the struggles because it will strengthen team bonds. I'm sure, you know, you've done that kind of thing at your practice too. And then other ideas that, uh, that I'm aware of, um, switching up staff meetings a bit. And, and you mentioned switching up staff meetings and doing just some fun and informative activities. So there's one called um, Guess the Breed that I've heard of a practice doing. And it's basically who can match dog breeds with common genetic conditions. So, mm -hmm. It also is a learning opportunity for people. So that's that's one. Uh, you can also do something like a personality quiz where you have staff characterize their personality traits and work styles by dog breeds. So, you know, maybe, you know, I'm a poodle or, you know, maybe I'm a chihuahua, like your chihuahua brain. You talk about. <laughs> My chihuahua brain, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, are your CSRs golden retrievers? Are your text border collies? that kind of thing. Yeah. Or you can even do like a little CE presentation that um, you discuss as a team afterwards. It might be, you know, a topic they're passionate about, or it might be new research, or it might be wellness. Those kind of things are nice at staff meetings. And you probably have other examples. Do you want to share any of the things that, that oh, you've Oh boy. Well, right now at my hospital, we're doing an Easter egg hunt. Um, and I, I started this years ago. I just, I don't know, one day I thought that'd be fun if I hid eggs around the hospital with candy in them. And, um, you know, and we call it Easter spring if people don't do Easter, but basically, um, it's kind of evolved. And I just, at my last staff meeting last month, I kind of did a brainstorming session with them. What do you guys like to do? You know, what games have we done in the past that you like, which don't you like, um, the Easter egg hunt, because we've done it so many years has kind of morphed because we've done it some years where it was a competition and it got really ugly. <laughs> so then we realized that that probably wasn't the best way to do it. Um, this year, I've got a couple of new employees that have never done it before. So as soon as I hit all the eggs, they were like on a mission to find them all. And I was like, well, you guys are going to, if you find them all, it's going to be over within two days. And then, you know, I can keep refilling them and rehiding them. But at some point, you know, you got to just like kind of let it evolve and accidentally find them while you're working. But anyway, so we do that. Um, I've done um, Lego building competitions where, you know, I gave them all the same Legos in a baggie and I split them into teams. And then I've had them do anything from copying a build that I did. And then they have to kind of communicate it through stations and do like a communication game. Or um, sometimes it's who can make the highest construction with the, with the Legos in their bag. So they have the same pieces, but they work in groups to try to do the competition. Um, oh gosh, we've done scavenger hunts. We did a road rally once, which was a all day thing, which was fun. Um, but that was a lot of planning. It is. Um, I like everything I've done the minute to win it game. I've done Pictionary Jeopardy, um, skits. We did, um, we've done, karaoke where you had to write a song about the hospital and then perform it with your team, <laughs> which is really fun because some people are really intimidated to sing. And then other ones, you'd be surprised. Like I had people get up there and just belt it out and perform and dance. And I was like, Whoa, I didn't know she had it in her, you know? So that's been fun. 
I think just anything you can think of that you think would be fun, because not everyone's going to think the way you do, but at mm-hmm. least if you try it, um, and I think all of that makes stronger teams and our puzzle, you know, we keep a puzzle going all the time and some people like it and some people don't, but if you can stop during lunch and throw a couple puzzle pieces into the puzzle, that's sometimes fun to do as a team. So yeah. What other ideas? I know you have a list. Did I, did I steal them all? No, no, those, that was, those are great. Um, that, there's an idea that um, you could try role-playing scenarios at meetings. Oh yeah. That's so, really like, fun. Let's say the first scenario is a client is upset after seeing her invoice and is taking her frustration out on the CSR. And then you have the CSR role played by a veterinarian and you have the client role played by a CSR. And it, you know, brilliant becomes funny. And here's another scenario. A vet has to have the healthy pet weight talk with a client who is overweight herself. (laughs) So then you have the veterinarian role played by the tech, and then you have the client role played by the veterinarian. And so you go through that whole thing and figure out how to make that as sensitive and kind as possible. And here's another scenario. A tech is attempting to draw blood from a patient and the vet steps in to show her how it's done. <laughs> oh, so, I would never do that. <laughs> so then you have the tech They're role. so much better at drawing blood than I am most cases. <laughs> I know, I know. So then you have the tech role played by the veterinarian and the veterinarian role played by the tech. And so that can be interesting as well. Yeah, that could get a little ugly. We have it to be could. Careful. You would have to be careful if you're going to do that. You would have to make sure you have a referee that if they start to get ugly, that you can, you know, change the focus. Because I think it that would depend on your culture, your client culture, your it really would. culture. For yeah, sure. you might want to save yeah. that one until you've got a really strong ripple going. <laughs> there you go. Good advice. <laughs> or like, I think you mentioned scavenger hunt. Uh, you know, if you don't know how to do a scavenger hunt, you know, you need to get at least two people on a team and identify like 10 items to collect. It could be a picture of your sweetest patient or a funny joke or best suggestion for making a client's day or uh, a team member that puts others first or is always on time or always makes you smile. Uh, One thing could be the cleanest towel in the practice or a picture of the cleanest exam room. Um, And then you basically have a, a very judging team. So you might have a veterinarian and a tech and a a CSR and a kennel worker. You explain the rules, you distribute the list of items they're supposed to find, um, and you give the teams a set amount of time. Then you ring a bell whenever you want to start, and then ring it again when you end. Maybe it's 30 minutes. Um, and then and then you can either have this team that, that selects the winner, or you can have everybody kind of talk about who they thought won. And then a debrief is important for that as well. You know, like, asking questions like, how did your group work together? Did you divide the list or work on all of them at once? Um, Would you take the same approach next time? Why or why not? What items did you enjoy finding? That kind of thing. And it just kind of helps people get to know each other better and work together as a team. Yeah, and I think when when you're doing these exercises with your team, I would encourage you to Either, you can do it one of two ways, either try to split them up into different roles, like so have one vet on a team with a tech, with a receptionist or a CSR and an animal assistant or kennel assistant or whatever, and and have those teams so there's a variety of roles, because a lot of this stuff is meant to bond them, and a lot of times your doctors don't get to work too much with your receptionist. And your receptionist and your techs don't always get to work closely together and get to know each other. So I kind of like to do that. Or if, if you have a team meeting and you're going to play one of these games, just do a, like a count off, like mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, and then all ones can go together and all twos, because you don't want them ganging up with their friends necessarily, right. you know, because then if you have a click problem in your hospital, you don't want to necessarily foster that with these games. Exactly. And so if you can kind of take your people that you really think need friends or need to be, you know, bonded with each other, I used to do it where I would, I would see, well, like, this person's having a problem with this person. So I'm going to put them on the same team. There you go. Which is a little bit manipulative <laughs> on my part, 
but a lot of times it works or someone that I don't necessarily get along with really well, or they're afraid of me because I'm the boss and they're new a new employee, I'll put them on my team because then if they have to work with me playing a game, it's going to be a lot less intimidating and they're going to get to know my real personality, not my doctor, owner, boss personality, right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So I've always kind of tried to think that way when we're playing a game. And the other thing is, if you have a really competitive person in your office, which I have several, you kind of got to think that too, because some of these games will backfire on you. That's a good (laughs) point. They'll like trip each other and push each other down. Like I've, I've done like timed games where they had to run around the hospital, like a scavenger hunt. And some of them get really like kind of cutthroat. So, (laughs) which is fun for me. I think it's funny, but like, you don't want someone getting hurt or, you know, someone, someone getting offended because somebody was mean and pushed them away from a, a task or something. Yeah. But I like this. You can do a really simple scavenger hunt right in your hospital. Mm -hmm. You can have them take photos with their cell phone. You can have them pose. Like I've done that, you know, or you can make them figure out the riddle in order to get the clue. Mm-hmm. which takes a little bit of planning because you have to make up the riddles. Mm-hmm. But if they have to, if they have to solve a riddle and then go get the clue or whatever for as part of the scavenger hunt, that makes it more challenging because they have to kind of work together and you can find all those online. You can yeah. find out how to do those. So yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that's great. Really. You have more? I do. So okay, there, there's one of our practices. I get a weekly practice tip from practice managers. So I have a lot of them. And this oh, was one wow. that I got. That's recently. valuable. And I really liked this. So, so they take like popsicle sticks and they will write different scenarios. Some of them are client comments and some of them are situations that they've encountered. And like when they have a meeting or may, sometimes first thing in the morning, they'll have somebody draw a popsicle stick and then they'll talk about it. So like the client comments, here's some examples that they will write on these popsicle sticks when they draw or the them. tongue depressors. Cause we have the yeah. tongue depressors. Yeah. Tongue dis- <laughs> yeah. I, you know, see, I don't actually work in a practice. So I call them popsicle sticks. <laughs> But that's fine. It's the same concept. Yeah. Thank you very much. So, so here's, here's random client comments, and then they'll talk through how to handle these together and they'll laugh and they bond over that. So, you know, here's some of the comments. My puppy passed away from Parvo. Should I be concerned about my other dogs? Or I would like to schedule an appointment of the eight doctors you have, which one do you recommend? Or let's say the client says $72 to look at some poop. Why is it so expensive? And as the team talks about, you know, how to react to these, um, they bond. Uh, Yeah, that's a really, that's an excellent idea. That would be a great way to start discussions and training. Here's a couple couple more. Why do boy dogs have nipples? Um, Can you describe how my dog will be cared for while boarding? Uh, I plan to buy the largest dose and split it between all my six chihuahuas. Um, oh my, can I catch diabetes from my pet? Might do it. All kinds of them. There's all kinds of them. So, um, yeah, lots of ideas or Mrs. Johnson asks you to remove this tick from Bo's stomach. It's a nipple. How do you talk about that with her? You know? Um, so it's just a fun way to at least teach people how to react to certain client comments and, the whole team learns and they do find humor in it a lot of times. And it's just a good team, team building bonding kind of situation. Well, and what a good way to easily start conversations. Cause some of the hardest things about staff meetings is nobody wants to talk, right? Exactly. So you could even have each team member choose one of the tongue depressors or popsicle sticks and read it. And then they could be the first one to suggest what they might say or you know, and that would be a good way to get people that don't really like to public speak kind of involved because, you know, sometimes in a hospital, there are people that will never say anything because they're introverted or they're afraid to speak up or they don't want people stepping on their ideas. So that's a really, that's awesome. That's a great point because I, you know, from, from the things I've read, the, I mean, most people are introverts in veterinary medicine, way more than extroverts. Right. It's like, no wonder we're so stressed out. I know. I know. Um, Other little team building ideas, you know, you could do like a paper tower competition, which is really easy. You break teams into two to 10 people. 
you give them each about 15 sheets of paper and nothing else. And they have to try to build the tallest tower they can. And, and it teaches them to work together as a team, you know, and it's interesting because is there one high dominant kind of leading the whole team or is everybody, you know, kind of people pleasers and no one wants to take the lead or it's, so it's interesting to watch the dynamic and then debrief afterwards asking, you know, did everyone agree on how it was supposed to be built? If not, how did you decide? What are good ways for people to make decisions together? Why is it important to be able to work with others to make group decisions? That kind of thing. I love it. Um, it's kind of yeah. like my Lego thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You can use anything. I've seen, I saw one where you could use like gumdrops and toothpicks and have people build stuff out of that. You know, any, any kind of thing that you can imagine that would be silly, like marshmallows. I've heard of that one marshmallows and I forget what else, but yeah, that anything that's just kind of different. Yeah. That would be fun. Although people might eat them. (laughs) They probably would eat the marshmallows. But if they only have a set amount, if you only hand out like 10 to each team and then they have to be creative, but, but be aware that you have to give them rules because I've had, I've done things like that and they'll start like going through the drawers and pulling things out and adding things. And you got to be very specific about exactly what the rules are, because then they accuse each other of cheating and it can be controversial and get ugly. <laughs> it can get ugly, but it's still fun usually. Yeah. Yeah. And just other ideas, you know, doing two truths and a lie. That's an easy one, you know, going around the table and then watching people's body language when they, they tell the lie, you know, it's, you kind of catch it. Hopefully you don't have any good liars. I know. Right. You mentioned minute to win it. And uh, one of our teams was talking about doing that. And what they did for one of the activities is they put like an Oreo on their forehead and tilted their head back. And then they're trying to get it in their mouth first, which I had never seen that. They sent me a picture of that. Yeah. If Um, you go, if you Google search it, there is a website because I did this a few years ago that had all those games and like one where it is, you can put a a Kleenex box on a belt, take out the, you know, so the top, the round part, mm-hmm. and get ping pong balls and put them in there and make them <laughs> strap it around their belt and then try to get the ping pong balls out of the box. And like they each have to. So I did that. Like there's lots of like really silly games, but it's kind of fun. I love it. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. You can even do things like um, at a meeting, asking everyone to identify what superhero they'd be and why. Ooh, I haven't done that. I'm going to, yeah, that one sounds good. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) What superhero would you be? Would I be? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's hard. I guess I'd be Superman because I've always thought it would be cool to fly. I think that's why I like birds. Cause I always, when I was a kid, I wanted to fly, even though I'm afraid of heights. I'm definitely afraid of heights. (laughs) But uh, if I could fly and know that I wasn't going to crash, that'd be cool. I like that idea. Yeah, Yeah, I'd be Robin with you. No problem. Okay, you could be the Robin (laughs) to my Superman. (laughs) I think you're in the wrong cartoon, but okay. Batman. Sorry, they all run together. I like Batman too, but Batman can't fly, so. Good point. Good point. What would you pick? pick, You know, I really... It might be nice to be big and small. Like you could, you could be Ant-Man and you could get really small and get oh. into small paces. Although yeah. didn't they do that in that one cartoon too, the, with the parents and the kids, didn't they have somebody well, they did. like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Oh, no, that's not what I'm Is thinking that, of. No? I'm thinking of the, the people in the red suits, the parents and the kids. Oh, the, incredible. the, the incredible. Incredibles. Could they shrink or were they just stretchy? Somebody was stretchy. I can't remember. Stretchy would be nice. I can never reach anything. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm going to switch. I don't want to be a bug. I've changed my mind. Okay. Well, <laughs> All right. Moving right along. Yeah. You no, mentioned no. starting meetings with a game, which um, a couple games that were mentioned to me was would you meme and pun intended as good ones? I, um, I haven't played those, but I've heard really good things about them. Um, you know, and you've probably done things with your team outside, like an escape room or laser tag or, you know, a game night, a ropes course, axe throwing is really big, bowling. Um, there's so many good things you can do, especially now that better weather's coming and, you know, go horseback riding. You could 
there's the ideas are limitless. I know I, I have one team that they went and destroyed things, you know, just to get frustration out. Well, I've heard of that. Like I'd love to do that. One of these rooms and you get these big hammers and you're smashing old computers and things like that. You wear goggles so you're safe. And that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we just did. If you want to do something really simple, we just did a movie night and we just had food like we got Kadoba or something. And we just all met at my house and everybody just came over and we had Mexican food and we watched a movie because it was simple great. and easy and it didn't cost much money. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was cheap. So, what movie? Oh, best in show. Oh, nice. It wasn't my idea. It was someone else's idea, but it was funny. It was cute. I hadn't <laughs> seen it in years, so it was kind of fun. Oh, I like it. It's ridiculous. And if you want to work to and do the, do things to continue to cultivate a great culture, um, featuring a team or an individual on a bulletin board or social media, organizing a group volunteer ac- activity, you know, which is always yes. nice to do around the holidays. Yes. Um, promoting well-being with something like a steps challenge, you know, letting people keep their device on them all day so that they can count their steps. And then, you know, giving the top three people a prize or something, having healthy snacks available, um, celebrating obscure holidays is fun. And if you Google that, there, there's just limitless ideas, <laughs> you know, and, you know, we have May the 4th coming up, you know, like May yeah. 4th be with you. Yes. Right. Yeah. Celebrate that, have people dress up. Um, you can organize fun work activities that coincide with things like the Super Bowl or the Olympics or the Oscars. And definitely, I, I, most of our practice will do like quarterly lunches to celebrate successes and birthdays and anniversaries and all of that sort of thing. Yeah. Things. Good things. Um, so recognizing a job well done, rewarding group efforts, sharing the best thing that happened this day or this week, sharing hobbies, favorite books together, foods, recent vacations, you know, so that the team gets to know each other better. And um, we have forms at work where we, it's called the My Favorite Things form. And everybody in the practice fills it out. And it might be, you know, their favorite food, their favorite um, activity or sport or coffee or their favorite dessert. And so people fill this out and then it's, it's put up and, and people go around and read each other's and then they build bonds because they're like, ooh, that's my favorite movie too, or things like that. And then if you want to reward them, you know, oh, well this is Sally's favorite dessert. So we're going to bring that in for her birthday or for her special occasion. And that excellent idea. That goes back to getting to know the people you work with. Exactly. Do you know how they like to be treated? Because we just want them to feel appreciated and that we care. Right. And so, yeah. Do you have other thoughts on that? Because I kind of went through a lot. I have so many. I like when you said the charity thing. Um, one time I took my team shopping, uh, a few years ago and instead of them, well, they shopped for themselves. That was part of their reward. But part of it is I gave them money to pay it forward. So we were at, we were at a shopping mall and they had to go and try to get rid of this money somehow, like by buying somebody Starbucks or by, you know, buying a kid's toy. It was around Christmas time. So some of them went into a toy store and when a kid was going to buy something, they would pay for it or whatever. So that was really, really fun. And that created a lot of goodwill, not only for the team, but also for the people that they encountered, you know, because they told them that. what they would do. And they're like, we're on a work trip and we have to do this for our work. We're just trying <laughs> to make people happy, you know, and, and then they would take pictures with the person or whatever to kind of share. And then when we all got back together after the shopping trip, they all had to tell their stories, which was really fabulous. You know, it was very, very fun. So you could do something like that on a smaller scale, you know, do like a pay it forward with the other team members, maybe. Um, I love that. Yeah. Just anything that, I don't know. I I love thinking of these things. And and then (laughs) if I think of an idea that I got to figure out how to make it work and it doesn't always work. Like if you start to do this, if you've never done it before and you're trying to do stuff with your team, don't have like really high hopes that everybody's going to love it or that it's going to go exactly the way you thought it was going to go. Like just recently, the Easter egg hunt, like in two days, like most of them were found and I didn't think it was going to go that way. So now I have to punt and refill them. But um, just don't get discouraged by that. And don't 
don't have such high expectations that you think that everybody's going to think it's great because you're probably going to have somebody that goes, oh, having an Easter egg kind of so stupid at work, you know, and you'll overhear that and then you'll let it crush your spirit. Right. But but the real truth is most of the people are going to love it. And so if you have that one negative Nancy person, you can just let it flow off because everybody else is going to like it. And, and the reason I know is because I asked my team now, like, what do you guys like? What, what should we do again this year? What do you want to do for the next meeting? Sometimes they'll pick the games that we did three years ago. They'll be like, remember when we did karaoke? Do we still have the karaoke machine? Can we do that again? And then it's easy. Then I don't even have to think of an idea. So that's perfect. I yeah, love it's that. fun. It's fun. Yeah, I love this. Well, I'm so yeah. excited. So the reason the reasons that we want to do this are, are right back at the ripple effect, right? We want to create yeah. a team. We want to be trusting each other. We want to be vulnerable with each other. Like what other reasons do we want to do this? Well, we kind of talked about it before, but. We want to enjoy work. I mean, we spend 80 to 90 right? hours of our lives working. And so, yeah, we want to enjoy each other and our time at work and know that we're making a difference in all of these animals and clients' lives every single day. I mean, veterinary people are the best. They just well, are. And if your people aren't happy, then they're not going to be able to stay with you, number one, and then serve your clients and be happy with that. And right. when, when the stress comes on, if they know that it's temporary, and then we're going to go back to having a good time or whatever, it's going to be more likely to not bleed over into, you know, that negative work thing, work-life mm-hmm. balance. They're going to want to come to work if, if something cool might happen. Yeah. yeah. Or they just know that their other team members have their back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it's all so about. Important. So I oh, just hope people so start to think more about, okay, how do I want to show up at work today? Um, what am I what am I going to create today in terms of a ripple effect? Is it going to be positive yeah. or negative? Because and how do, and how, do, how do I need to work on myself mm-hmm. to show up a little bit better? Yeah. You know, that's something I yeah. ask myself every day. Can I show up a little bit better today than I showed up yesterday? Yeah. And, yeah. I think I might be able to, because yesterday I was kind of crabby <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It all ties together. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on? We did a really good job. I think we got a lot through a lot. We did. I think, I think we're good. So if anybody has any of these ideas that we didn't talk about and you want to share, go ahead and share them with me at my um, email, jacapelldvm at gmail.com or leave a comment, you know, below the, the podcast, or you can email Carlene. We'll share her email with you um, or find us on, Instagram or wherever, wherever we're at, because we can compile more ideas, right? I have, I have a, yeah, I have a lot more. I had just pulled up a document, but we don't have time to go through all of these. So, but it's there if people want more ideas. Well, and I'm sure that if they email us and they ask us for an idea for their particular situation, that we can help them formulate it. You bet. That'd be fun. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Carlene. This has been so much fun. Do you want to tell them where they can find you? Uh, You can, you can email me at carlenebellier at gmail.com, or I have a speaker website at carlenebellier.com. I'm also on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel with a lot of different videos to help with um, communication, with leadership, with well-being, uh, all sorts of different things. And the videos are anywhere from seven to 60 minutes. So you can throw something up really quick on productive complaining or emotional contagion or whatever, if you find it useful at your practice. Hey, I'm so happy. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening and have a beautiful week. Bye, Carlene. Bye.